This episode of Bookmarked is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Yes, that includes your favorites, like The Hunger Games, Divergent, and Harry Potter. That's audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, just a quick note before starting. As if this weren't already obvious, there are spoilers to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the movie, in this episode, and we also discuss some of the developments concerning the sequels as well. Okay, with that said, let's go ahead and start the show. Mr. Scrander, do you know anything about the wizarding community in America? We don't let things loose. Hey, Mr. English guy, I think your egg is hatching. Something is stalking our city, wreaking destruction, and then disappearing without a trace. Witches live among us. This is related to Grindelwald's attacks in Europe. This could mean war. We got a plan, right, guys? They need our help. You're listening to Bookmarks, the Young Adult Book Podcast, brought to you by Bookstacked.com. This is episode 18, and episode 18 is all about fantastic beasts and where to find them. We've got all that and more coming up for you in just a few minutes, so stay with us. Thank you. Welcome to the show, everyone. Um, I'm Saul. I'm, I'm Addie. Oh, I'm Christy. Oh. <laughs> We're still getting used to this. <laughs> well, we'll get better as we as we keep that up. Maybe we should have talked about that a little bit more. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm here. Addie's here. Christy's here. And that's everyone today. I know we had some other people who wanted to be here as well, but just for whatever reason, they couldn't make it. Um, but yeah, we're all definitely excited to be talking about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Like we talked about in the last episode, but this time we can finally talk about it in depth. Um, we can talk about the film and everything. So it's it's pretty exciting. Um, because of that, we're kind of short on time. And I think we probably all have a lot of thoughts that we want to share. So we're going to skip what are you reading um, that segment that we usually have in the beginning of the show. And we're just going to dive right into our thoughts um, into about the movie. So I guess let's just start off like overall in general, did you guys like the movie? Yes. Yes. Loved it. 
Loved it. What did you love about it? My, for me, I just love like the cinematography, like just especially the opening scene with all the newspaper clips and hearing that song. It just brought me back and I loved it. That scene was very uh, reminiscent of, was it um, The Order of the Phoenix? Well, actually, I think there's several like newspaper montages throughout Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. If I'm remembering yeah, correctly. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly, we don't watch the, the Harry Potter marathons on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there was one going on this weekend, but yeah. Yeah, there's one going on this weekend. Yeah, there is. <laughs> there's one going on like every, like, every like, month on Freeform. Hey, I got no problem with that. That sounds... <laughs> Except then again, I don't watch them, so I don't know. <laughs> um, Addie, what did you really like about the, the movie? Well, like, uh, like Christy said, the cinematography, the, all, the, the, all the shots were amazing. Um, like, obviously, we know there's a lot of, like, CGI going on in the film, but it's like, it blended so well. Like, you couldn't tell. It was, like, so, so really well done. There's a scene where... Newt is uh, petting Frank the Thunderbird, and I'm like, I want to pet a Thunderbird. Like, <laughs> I have to say, because I'm uh, I'm actually in Arizona for the next couple of weeks uh, and everything, and so I was when, when I was in theaters, and Newt was like, I'm taking him to Arizona. Everybody in the theater was just like, what? And then when like he decided to like leave him in New York City, everybody was just kind of like, oh. <laughs> like, he didn't make it to Arizona. Right, so I guess there's a, a Thunderbird colony somewhere out in New York City. Um, but yeah. Um, my thoughts on the movie, I liked it. I liked it a lot, but I had issues with it. I feel like I'm always the downer when it comes to these things. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like, I mean, I, I did like it. I enjoyed it. It was awesome. Um, I think I was a little, like, I use this word very hesitantly, disappointed. Um, primarily with, like, plot. There were just some things in the plot that kind of felt weird to me, and some of the pacing and editing felt off. Um, but overall, I, I thought it was a good movie. I didn't think it was a bad movie. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry I'm the downer. <laughs> <laughs> But that's good that, you know, I guess we have uh, a little bit of everything on this show then. Um, let's talk about then what was good. You guys already brought in a bit, like, what you thought about or what you thought was good. Um, for me, one of the things that stuck out that was that was great were the characters. I thought all the characters were pretty well done. Um, I don't know. Were there any characters that stuck out to you guys? Um, I liked all of them. I really liked New. Like, just... I love that he was like the Hufflepuff hero that we needed right now. You know, I just, (laughs) he was so awkward, but he was just like seeing him with all the creatures was like, Oh, he's so caring. And it was sweet too. (laughs) Right. He um, was, he's so quirky and so like, and I think this is definitely one of the better things about the movie. Like he is different enough from like Harry Potter as a character right yeah. they're yeah. very two completely different characters and that was my one of the things i was worried about walking in to the movie that it was going to be too reminiscent or repetitive of harry potter and i have to say it was nothing like that at all it was it's definitely i think it stands on its own yeah um, as far as that goes yeah 
I mean, I have to say, um, Ezra Miller's uh, portrayal of Credence. I mean, when I saw him in the, in the trailers, I was like, it's just like kind of he's like kind of like a sore thumb just sticking out, kind of awkward. But in the movie, it made so much sense. I have to give him so many props for that. That acting was great. He stood out. Um, even though he wasn't, you know, the main focus of the film. But I have to agree with Chrissy. Like, I liked all the characters, except for one. But <laughs> I have <laughs> gonna. I, I have we can get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought like the chemistry between all the characters was really well done. I liked uh, Dan Fogler who plays uh, Jacob because I, I mean, it's clear he was brought in as kind of like the comic relief, but it wasn't like your regular like, oh, I did something stupid or you know like, it, it was like what I feel is like a normal reaction. He was like, well, what the hell was that that like, like pops out of the suitcase or. She, like his reactions are so normal and so funny that, that they're not exaggerated and it makes you just like love him even more. Yeah. I, I was so sad at the end of the movie. Right. In my opinion, he was the best character. I yeah. don't know. He was pretty great. I think it's something it's because he's like the one character that we all wish we could be. <laughs> like he's involved in like this magical world. For, like even like I mean a lot we all say as fans, you know, we'd love to live in that world, you know, or whatever, or even just if it's just for a day and he actually kind of gets to live it, even though he didn't ask to. Mm-hmm. I think that makes him all the more relatable to fans. And he's just so innocent. He just, all he wants to do is open a bakery. Yeah. No. <laughs> I put in my review, I was like, oh, and I was like, and Jacob Kowalski, the nomad who just wants to open a bakery. <laughs> Of course, I'm. I love the ending bit where you finally see his bakery and all the pastries oh, yeah. are just oh, the fantastic yes. things, you know. My yeah. brother actually said something funny. He's like, "I guarantee you, they're going to sell those at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter," which I'm down for. I want to try one of those. Yeah. Same. <laughs> um, what did you guys think about like Queenie? She was one who I like didn't have a lot of expectations for going in, but like I actually really liked her as a character. Yeah, I liked her too. I feel like they made they sort of um, made her seem like she was kind of like a ditz, she's like like the ditzy blonde who's just there, like kind of like gliding through life. But there's like so much more to her. Like she's so much more complex than you know, like all the promotion gave her credit for. I I liked her a lot, especially like uh, because even I mean she didn't have so many lines as the rest of the cast. So it's mainly through, you know, facial expressions and body language that she had to do her acting. Mm-hmm. But it was really well done. Right. Yeah. She just came across as very clever and sly. And I loved all, like, everybody had to stop telling her to read read their minds <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one, of course, the huge uh, character is Tina. Um, and I don't know, what did you guys think about her? I think from what I've read online and like reviews and stuff, she's the one I've actually seen the most criticism for. I don't know if you guys have seen any of that, but what did you guys think about Tina? She was really frustrating in the beginning for me, <laughs> but okay. like I, cause I was like, Oh my gosh, just let him go. But then I really, I really liked her by the end. I, I haven't seen any of the criticism online about her or anything. So. Oh, some of what I saw was that they just thought she was kind of, flat as a character um yeah. which I, I see that 
Yeah, but I mean, I liked her. Like, she's got. She was that sort of moral character, I guess. And she's kind of like the one who's trying to keep everything in check and she sees everything, but nobody's really taking her seriously. And so, like, for that reason, I felt like I was able to relate with her. Like, I thought, yeah, I just, I had a, like, a soft spot in my heart for her. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with Christy. I was just kind of frustrating in the beginning. But, um, you know, I think after the scene with her and you and Jacob in the cell, she realized, because I feel like she was just so driven to, you know, like, prove myself and I'll get my job back and everything will go back to normal. And I feel like that's what was driving her in the beginning. But then towards the end, she was just like, okay, well, you know, maybe everything isn't so black and white. And she, you know, changed her point of view of Newt and of the whole, you know, situation. I mean, I thought she had some great lines. I liked Tina. I I, I haven't read any of the reviews and I don't plan to, but... <laughs> Um, but That's probably I, smart. Well, I only read one review when it was about a certain character. But other than that, like I haven't read like any critics, like, any critic reviews about the film itself or anything like that. And I think the majority, from what I've seen, like I think it's got ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Um, the majority of reviews I've seen have been very good for the film. I think a lot of people liked the movie. So one of the characters that okay, well. It's particularly a fan one of the beasts, right? Um, that stuck out to me so much. And I I saw him in the previews or her, I don't know what it was exactly. Saw it in the previews and I thought it kind of looks dumb as a character or a beast, but once I saw it in action, I loved it. And it was the Niffler. I don't know. Niffler, yes. I thought it was so cute. <laughs> yeah. I I did I I know he had a name, but I just don't remember what I, I don't think I caught it. I don't remember the name either. Yeah. I mean, I know of the boat truckles called Picket. Yes. And Frank is the Thunderbird. But um, the Niffler, that was just so funny. <laughs> yeah. It was. Like, I was like, you kind of want one, but then you're like, it'll be like a pain having to like chase him out. <laughs> like, it's like one of those, like, I want one, but I shouldn't, but I want one kind of situations. The Niffler might literally be the worst pet ever. I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> but its design, too, was really interesting. It kind of looked like a little pocket platypus. Yes. I don't know. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> like, like that. Yeah, it looks like a platypus with, like, the body of, like, a like a shiny hedgehog with, like, the pouch of a kangaroo. Yeah, definitely. I think the Niffler... I mean, Jacob got a lot, but I think the Niffler might have gotten the most laughter out of the audience I saw it with. Just those scenes were hilarious. I love the scene too, where he's in the dis- the window display. <laughs> yes. Yeah, completely yes. like so- <laughs> it's so it's a good. Challenge. Yeah. Slowly, like the necklace just slowly slips off. <laughs> <laughs> and see, those are that's one of like the things I think J.K. Rowling does so well. Right? It's those little like pieces of charm and humor that are in her books. You know, whether it's just, like, the humor of Fred and George Weasley or, like, puking pastels, things like that. Like, I saw that again in The Niffler. And, like, mm-hmm. I loved it. But then for me, that's one of the things that just really stuck out. Yeah. The Niffler was great. Uh, what about, like, scenes? Were there any scenes that just, that you guys really liked? The ones in the suitcase? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The suitcase scenes were actually were my favorite. Mm-hmm. 
it was just, it was just, I, I don't know, kind of like makes you like want to go into like a magical suitcase and like see all these things. <laughs> and I was like, there's no limit to it. There's just like, there's like a terrace and the, and like the, um, you know, the plains of, Air, of Arizona for the Thunderbirds and like the rainforest for the Akamis. Uh, then there's the, <laughs> yeah, like all of these like different landscapes that you just go through so fast in the scenes that you can't, you, you can't even count how many there are, but just kind of gives you like a scope of how big that bloody suitcase is. Mm-hmm. I thought those scenes were just great. Definitely. I thought like, as he was in there, I was like, cause you know, he went on like that boat and everything. Yeah. Like, just find like a nice place to leave your suitcase where nobody can find it and just stay in the suitcase during the entire trip. <laughs> No, but definitely, again, for me, the the suitcase was part of, like, what I was saying, that it was that J.K. Rowling charm. Like, it just was really cool, and it was awesome how there were just all these different environments and stuff. For me, like, when he goes in there, that was, like, when I was really in awe, I guess. Because, um, you know, like, you see Hogwarts for the first time and all those other things in Harry Potter, and you're just left in awe, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I want to be there. I didn't quite feel that when, like, for example, they were in Makuza's headquarters. I felt like I saw very little of it. Um, but I did feel it when I went into the suitcase. Like, that was yes. just awesome. Yeah, agree. I liked the part where it was just, like, a funny part where the Salem leader, I don't remember her name, she was asking New, are you a seeker? And he goes, like, no, I'm more <laughs> of a chaser. I yeah. love that part. <laughs> I just like those little like Easter eggs that were inside the movie. I just like yes, I mentioned that in my article. Easter eggs went like when Graves was inter was like interrogating Newt. I was like, is that really what I think it is? Is it really? I was like, I'm pretty sure it is. In his pocket. Yeah, in his pocket. And I was like waiting for somebody else in the theater to like notice it, and nobody's everybody's just like like just focus on it. I'm like, it's the freaking details, and then. And then when, you know, Graves gives it to Credence, everybody's like, oh, my God. I'm like, you, like, missed, like, an hour ago. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, I thought that was, because, I mean, it was really subtle. Mm -hmm. We just want to take a break to remind our listeners that this episode of Bookmark is being brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is your leading provider for audiobooks. You can get any audiobook you want for free when you start a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. Um, we're talking about Harry Potter in this episode, and so obviously we have to recommend the Harry Potter series. Read by Jim Dale in America and Stephen Fry in the UK. I've personally listened to both of these versions, both the American and UK versions. They are fantastic. So if you want to pick up any one of the Harry Potter books for free as an audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash bookstack to start your free 30-day trial and support the show. Cool. Well, let's move on then. Were there things that you guys thought could have been better? I know I have a couple things. Um... But I don't know. What do you guys think? Like I said, the plot, the the story, like or like the background story of the Shaws, uh-huh. because they were so you know promoted, you know, in advertising, 
And, um, you know, in interviews, I made a big deal about it. And it was kind of like a letdown. That that one, it was, I felt kind of like, well, what was the point of, you know, of making them, you know, so big and, you know, in the marketing? And then they're just kind of falling flat yeah. in the storyline. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think there was like a lot more stronger plots where some felt a lot flat, like the Shaws and stuff. So I wish there was a little bit more background on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think you guys are basically getting to like one of my biggest issues with it. It just felt like the plot didn't feel tight enough and the characters sometimes didn't feel fleshed out enough for me. Um, like an example would be Tina. I liked Tina, but for, you know, she kind of has like this special bond with Credence. Mm-hmm. But the only time you ever actually see that is like in her memories when they're like going to kill her. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like they pull that card out at the end when they're trying to get her to talk to him. And you can see that she like means something to him, but you've never really gotten a chance. Like they never developed that relationship with them. They just kind of showed it to you briefly in that yeah. pool. Yeah. I was kind of wondering, you know, like how did she, you know, you know, get to the, you know, get to, you know, be in that situation with Credence. Cause they didn't explain it. I don't mean, I don't think they explained it. Like we just seen her memory that she's there with Credence because, um, the, the mother was beating him. Mm-hmm. And like, I get, I get why Credence has like a soft spot in her, his heart for her and everything. Yeah. Cause like they show it, but I just felt like I didn't quite, feel it i don't know yeah. how to explain it yeah, um, i guess they'd explain you know like even like the most basic of like how the relationship between uh tina and credence started it would have felt you know not so you know all over the place yeah and then like another bit too is like i said i liked i loved the characters here but um like when i read or watch even when i just watch the movie like sorcerer's stone philosopher's stone ever um at the end of it, like, I can see, like, that really close bond that's been formed between Ron, Hermione, and Harry. Yeah. And, like, they kind of try to do that again with Fantastic Beasts. And when, um, for example, like, Tina is saying goodbye to Newt and everything, like, I don't know. I just, I didn't feel it again. I, I don't know. I didn't quite feel like it had been very well developed. I, I don't know. This is just me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you guys think about that, but like, or even a better example, like when Jacob's about to be, his mind's about to be obliviated. Mm-hmm. I felt like I should have been in tears or something. <laughs> like, I was. You I know. were? Yeah, oh, like that. Was like... I wasn't. I don't know. I'm just an awesome <laughs> <person>. <laughs> Yeah, that I... moment I was like, oh my gosh, you know? Yeah, I was just like, I was like, why? I was like, let him be. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's not gonna tell. I was like, I, I was kind of hoping, you no know, kind of like wishful things at the beginning when Newt meets Tina. He's all like, he's like, I know that you guys have, you know, like weird relations and like, like prohibitions between, you know, relationships between like muggles and, you know, wizards. Right. And so I was like, and I felt like, you know, you know, maybe Newt could have said, you know, like, well, why just like just move to England? You guys can like hang yeah. out. <laughs> we don't have like, we don't have those weird you know rules or whatever, but I cried at that scene. I was just like, I was really sad, and I was like, damn it, Allie was right because she's like, you're gonna cry. 
Yeah. Okay, you guys are good Harry Potter fans. I'm a big one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. It just didn't quite do it for me. Like I wanted to, you know, but it just it didn't feel it just didn't feel quite there for me. I don't know. Um, and then just another thing was like there were certain concepts that were introduced that I didn't think were like very well fleshed out, like the um obscurist. Obscurial. Obscurial, yeah. Like when you're leaving, when I was leaving the theater, like some of the people I was talk, I was with, were like, um, Dan, what it what even was, and like it, I felt like they was like explained in two lines or something, and it wasn't very well fleshed out. Just like little things like that. I guess, like, the overall feeling I got was, you know how when we would watch the Harry Potter movies and we felt like they were abridgments to the books, right? And we are like, oh, they didn't quite, like, properly do anything. Even though there was no, like, book to this movie, I still felt, like, the same way. Like, it wasn't properly fleshed out. I don't know if that makes sense at all. But I guess I would have just liked it a little bit more fleshed out. Like, all those really, really great details that J.K. Rowling's so good at, as far as, like, story goes I, I would have liked a little bit more of some of the reveals and the twists at the end felt kind of predictable too and I yeah I don't know I had one issue I kind of had it wasn't when I was watching the movie well sort of when I was watching the movie and then after uh when I came home and I was uh back checking um things for my article um in the film they say that Newt was you know expelled from Hogwarts and that Dumbledore, um, you know, was, you know, on his defense, was fighting for his, um, you know, for his case for his defense, you know, so it's established, you know, that Newt didn't finish his magical education at Hogwarts. He, you know, he was expelled. But then I believe it was on the Fantastic Beasts official website. It says that he graduated from Hogwarts. Yeah. And I want to say that it says that on Pottermore too. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people online actually point that out. And so. I was like, um, excuse us? <laughs> <laughs> there are five movies? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, unless, you know, like, he finishes his magical education after? No. Right, I'm sh- yeah. I'm sure there's going to be an explanation somewhere. I Let's just so. hope it doesn't involve a time turner. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, let's move on. I know Addie, okay, you there is a character you didn't like, and I'm pretty sure I know who it is because you had worries. The one this, everybody didn't like. The one that everybody had was nervous about walking into this movie. What did you think about Grindelwald? Um, I thought you know the opening scene was fine, but then at the end I was I will like I'll give you like um the you know the PG version of what I said in the movie. I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" <laughs> I was like, "You have got to be me." I was like, "This is not happening." I was like, "I felt like that sort of cheapened the movie like a tiny." That's why it didn't get like for me. It it got I rated the movie four point eight because of that little like piece. <laughs> of, I was like, "You have got to be kidding me." That was ridiculous. I thought that, that was more ridiculous than the plot in Chris Child. Wow. <laughs> you feel very strongly <laughs> about this. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I was, and then I couldn't even figure out, you know, how did, you know, Newt figure out to, like, 
do the Revelio spell on him. Right. It kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, so let me make sure I'm understanding correctly. You were upset, not so much that the character Grindelwald was there. You're more upset about the casting. Is that right? Well, the casting, I kind of, I got over it. But this is like the way they revealed him. Like, are you serious? Like, they went through this entire thing to just, you know. See, I thought, I honestly had to say that I thought that Graves was kind of like, like an underground follower of Grindelwald. And that's why he was trying to get uh, the Obscurial's power. Mm -hmm. That's what I legitimately thought. Right. But then I thought, no. Swish. Yeah. <laughs> I agree a bit. Like that was one of the things I think I would have preferred was had he just been like an underground follower and not actually the villain himself. Yeah. That that's just yeah. my personal preference. I think I don't know. Like I love, for example, Prisoner of Azkaban, where uh-huh. Voldemort doesn't show up at all. He's not in that. And it's all more about like his follower, Peter Pettigrew, and you know, something like yeah. that. I would have really enjoyed that. And I guess had a I would have preferred a stronger reveal later on in a different movie that had been like really built up and very climactic. Yeah. We yeah. didn't quite get that. Yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. And then also I have to say like, just the way, like the, like the image they gave Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, like he's all pale and he has like, you know, you know, one eye that's one color and another that's, on, you know, like two different co- eye colors. And, I felt like it was a bit leaning towards, you know, previous characters he's done. You know, like the Mad Hatter. That's what I, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, it's like a more civilized version of the Mad Hatter. I was I just do feel like we only saw like he only had like a couple lines, right? He's barely yeah. in it really. But I it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be seeing him there. Just me personally. I don't know. But like yeah. I said, we haven't seen enough of him yet. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so I got over the whole casting. You know, it's done. What's done is done. But just that reveal, I was like, that's so lame. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say that, yeah, I definitely need to see more of his character than to like a couple lines to feel like cast a better judgment of how he'll be as a character. I just really didn't like his appearance for some reason, <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, I mean, they should have gone with you know, you know, first impressions, you know, make a lasting effect on people. And I've seen a lot of commentary online. They're like, "Are you serious? Like, is that what he really looks like?" Like, <laughs> I, I, I can see why they would kind of go, but it's just it's so reminiscent of past characters he's done. Yeah, I guess just overall, I wasn't expecting to see so much Johnny Depp um, <laughs> in this movie. Like, I thought we'd just see the back of his head. So that was, that really was something of a twist. <laughs> I know my theater, like, some people started applauding once they saw him there. I don't know if they were excited to see Grindelwald or if it was just the shock of Johnny Depp. But in my theater, there were actually a number of people who started applauding wow. at the reveal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was when I, I saw an IMAX, and a lot of us were just like, it was kind of like, it was sort of like dead silence. When, <laughs> where, like, you know, like uh, the camera panned to his face. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, what? 
And and Ali actually said that that was the bit she didn't like. She wrote the only bit I didn't like 100% was when Graves turned out to be Grindelwald. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, she's like, maybe I don't understand it, but to me it was a bit weird. Had, um, that he had been hiding out as the head of the Or at Makuza. How long had he been de- there? Did he kill the real Graves and take his position, or did he work his way up over a few years? And if he was Grindelwald the whole time, he was very patient, going along with the strict rules for so long. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's one of the things that, like, as far as, like, things weren't fleshed out enough, like, that's very vague, and it's not explained. Maybe it'll be explained in the next one. I don't know. But, yeah, that's just another thought that crossed my mind, that exact thought. It was just, like, how long had he been there? Did he kill the real guy? We don't get an explanation. And because yeah. of that, it kind of felt un- just it didn't feel fleshed out. It almost seems like a plot hole. Yeah. And whether or not it is, like, may- again, maybe it'll be explained later. Um, I don't necessarily think it's good that it feels like a plot hole, even if it isn't. So, yeah. Um, maybe we should move on then, since we're actually almost filled <laughs> our entire time. <laughs> um, did so? You've read some of Ali's uh, comments. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to share from what she said? Um, no, she really liked, uh, you know, the, like, like Christy and I said at the beginning with the newspaper set up, you know, uh, you know, she said it kind of, you know, it felt familiar because, you know, with like, there were, you know, familiar headlines and, you know, the moving pictures and the music. She really liked um, the color of the beast and how they contrasted with, um, you know, the, the bleak, you know, bland, um, color palette of New York, like the Billy Wig was just like flying around the entire time and like the Akami's like blue and purple against, you know, browns and beiges and grays. She really liked um, the fact that a lot of the scenes were like uh, were like face on for the characters so you could see like their individual reactions to different, to like the same situation. And she really liked the writing. She's like, there were new terms, there were old terms, it was funny, especially the Niffler scenes. Um, I felt like we were back in familiar territory. I put this down to Joe's writing and the music, which was great. Keeps up undertones to the Harry Potter world while still having a new score with an awesome 20s theme. And she mentioned um, that after um, uh, seeing the movie, people commenting about not being able to understand what Newt was saying. Um, a lot of the time, she said she had that problem a little bit. And she thinks it might have been a combination of Eddie's accent. You know, it's not like the super, you know, crisp and proper English accent that we, you know, associate. But, and she thinks it was a combination of Eddie's accent, the actor, and his acting as Newt. Like, you know, he's a bit awkward. He, you know, like, maybe, like, sort of stumbles over words a little bit. Um, she also liked the fact that, you know, they sort of gave a smidge of a backstory to Newt. Like, uh, when he's when Tina turns him into Makuza and they're like, Oh, is this commander? You know, is this commander the war hero? Somebody's like, No, that's his younger brother. And that was a really um good point that she brought up. Um, that you know is hopefully, you know, a precursor to, you know, some more background that we'll get for new and following movies. And overall, she gave it a five out of five. Nice. And listeners can go on to bookstack.com. Addie and Allie joined up together um, to write a review 
for this movie. So that's already published and I'll be sure to link it in the show notes too. If anybody wants to read more on their thoughts on that, I wanted to very quickly share Mary's thoughts. She wanted to be here today, but she couldn't. Um, But she sent me uh, her quick overall thoughts on the movie. So I'll just go ahead and read those. She said, fantastic beasts was everything I wanted and more seeing the wizarding world from the American side was amazing. And JK Rowling did a fantastic job writing the movie. It was fun, funny, and the twists and turns it took kept me wanting more and more. So she clearly liked it a lot, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, dang, we are, like, actually out of time. <laughs> and we can't, like, do more. So very quickly, there were some theories uh, that I wanted to discuss more. I'm just going to throw them out there just so readers or listeners can be like aware and maybe in the future episode, maybe we'll have to do an episode where we like talk about theories or something for fantastic beasts. I'm sure we're going to have a ton more fantastic beast episodes in the future. Um, but some of the interesting stuff, um, Addie already mentioned Zoe Kravitz character, uh, Lita Lestrange. Um, it'll be very interesting to kind of see what's going on there. It kind of looks like there might be a romance story potentially, or at least ex best friend story. Um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, the rumor is that we'll see Credence again. Um, I he, had that he, thought too. Yeah, he he may not be dead. Um, and there was David Heyman might have as well had said so <laughs> um, in a recent interview. Uh, one question people have is: Was Ariana Dumbledore in Obscurus or Obscurial or whatever it's Obscurial. called? <laughs> <laughs> um. That would be very interesting. And we know we're going to see more Dumbledore in the future. Um, So that would be interesting to get a little bit more backstory on the Dumbledore family line. Um, Will Jacob be back? I think everybody wants him to be back. That last scene kind of seemed to suggest that he would be. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. How would he get his memories back? I don't think, I, I think he wouldn't get his memory back. I just think, you know, he'd feel like a connection with Queenie. And just kind of go off that. And, you know, Tina being the voice of be like, don't tell him anything. You know, just introduce him <laughs> to us. And maybe eventually he'll learn about what happened that one day in New York. Yeah. I couldn't help but wonder <laughs> if, like, as Queenie was kissing him or something, there was some magic going on. And, I like, yes. she took some of his memories. It. I don't I, know. That's just a thought. I, I, I feel like I, you know, kind of like when she kissed him, you know, maybe she, I don't know if, if you know, as a legitimate, you can do that, but like, you know, transfer some memory, some of her memories to him. Right. Because she was doing it while they were both under the umbrella. Mm-hmm. So, which I thought that was a really cool um, effect, though. I was like, I just want to just like pop up a wand, like the umbrella. <laughs> yeah, same way. That was a cool spell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, a lot of questions. Last thing that I was wondering too, in the very, very beginning of the movie, when you see Grindelwald coming, there's like this building there, like surrounded by forest. Was that like Ilvermorny, I wonder? It kind of looked like the CGI animated Ilvermorny pictures or videos that they had in like the American history of wizarding in America or whatever history of magic in America. It just kind of reminded me of that. And we know that he was heading to America. I just mm. wonder if it was over morning or was it just some random building? <laughs> I don't know. 
but mm-hmm. it would be cool if it was. I'm hoping we get to see more Ilvermorny because we it really wasn't explored much at all in this movie. So, well, one random question is it's like totally like not even related to like the movie, but because they mentioned Ilvermorny, and I was like, okay, well, why was an Ilvermorny like like how do they pick magical schools to participate in the Triwizard Tournament? It's totally random. I'm like, why wasn't Ilvermorny like in the running or something? <laughs> I guess it was just European schools, is not my guess. I don't know. Mm, yeah. It's <laughs> like, I don't know. Random thought. Really random thought. But yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of questions. We've got four more movies to look forward to. I mean, think about this, guys. If they come out every other year. I was thinking about that that's, too. That's like 10 <laughs> years of, of yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I'm like, if they follow the pattern, like, of every two years, I think it was, like, 2024 was, like, when the last movie is about to come out. Oh, my goodness. Is my math is correct? Yeah, because I don't think the next one comes out till 2018. Like, we yeah. are, yeah. this is the long ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of long rides, um, I think it's time to go ahead and wrap this up so it doesn't <laughs> become too long of a ride. <laughs> um next time next month we'll be back with what i think is our final episode of the year so that went by very fast (laughs) yeah i'm sure there's a lot of cool things to look forward to in 2017 book stacked's third birthday being one of them so that's kind of exciting nice carve the mark by veronica roth the mark definitely so yeah we'll be sure to come back um sometime in the next month and i guess give you guys a nice end of the year wrap up episode um but yeah thanks for being with us here today and especially to all of you who have been with us for the year almost two years that we've been podcasting that's kind of crazy to think about too still not for a few months but um that's coming up so yeah um cool we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up here thank you everybody for being with us again and we will see you next time bye bye bye